Rolling. Real. I got a woman way over town that's good to me. Oh, yeah. Charlie, Charlie. Yeah, oh, Charlie, Charlie. She's made out of metal. She's sitting on a bench. Oh, yeah. Welcome to I Don't Hate This. Contrary to popular belief. We're just listening to the song. I want to listen to the song. I love it. Um, we're not talking about Ray Charles today. Who are we talking about? Charles Ray. <laughs> yeah, that sounded like right. I said the same words twice. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Charles Ray. A bunch of old people keep asking me if the Art Institute's having a show about Ray Charles. They're not. They're having a show about the nerdiest, whitest person <laughs> artist alive. It's the Harry Potter show. <laughs> to be fair, the MCA is having a jazz show. It's true. It is. I haven't seen it, but I like the catalog for it. I saw the catalog. Oh, man. I am i haven't seen anything yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. I thought it was house music. I don't think it's jazz. No. The house music show is at, at the, the cultural, cultural center. At the cultural center. Never mind. I've come to realize recently that I like certain kinds of music and most of it not live. <laughs> I've come to realize that I like visual art and not the arts, quote unquote. Yeah. I mean, I like some of the other arts, but I like visual art. I don't even like very much visual art. I think that I'm probably more <laughs> open to music. I think I still like music more than I like art. Really? Yeah. Mm. I like listening to music, but I don't like music. Like, I don't know things about like it. Like, you like it like it? <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us about Charles Ray. Who's Charles Ray? Uh, he's... Um, indescribable <laughs> he's from the chicago area he was born there but he lives in he, la he left to live among the palm trees and and drought conditions you know ever since they had that like you know i don't understand why certain news things don't go away and certain things do right away even when they're the front page like uh, balloon boy <laughs> yeah well he went he went away he just drifted off into the yonder um, no, well, like the uh, California drought, mm -hmm. you know, they're finally like, oh, we finally got, we've been waiting for this photo op of a lawn that's, that's green next to a desert. And we finally got that picture. So, so now, so on. now we, no, well, so like now we can say California's going to die because we have a picture. No, that's a thing. And well, that's the thing. It was only one day where they're like, oh yeah, no, it's official. California's going to die. That was like six months ago. So now whenever anyone talks about are, all the leaves are brown, brown <laughs> and they're not growing back. Um, so now whenever anyone talks about moving to L.A., I'm just like, why? Because it's, you know. Good luck with that. You know. My parents are going to L.A. next week and they're going to have to bring my. And their own water. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're going to. Yeah. They're gonna have to bring my grandfather's photographs back to him. Oh, I thought you're like your grandparents are like we can bring. Do you want us to bring another canned ham? They're like just bring us water. Water, water. So let's just set the scene for L.A. for you. Okay. 
For me uh, or for the listeners? For the listeners. Movie stars. Canned hams. What's What else is at the beginning of the great hillbillies? The big, the big old Hollywood hillbillies? The Beverly hillbillies? Because I can only think of um, the lyrics to Green Acres. In West Philadelphia. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was like he was shooting at some food. Up came a bubbling crude. Hills, that is. <laughs> Beverly, Beverly Hills, that is. That's a weird album. Beverly for... Hills, that's where I want to be. Um, Shield your ears, folks, when you listen to this one. You, you weren't in So, anyway, he's so a. He's a I mean, I think it's a good way to bring it in because, uh, you know, Los Angeles is about squandering natural resources that it actually doesn't have claim to. <laughs> and fabulous wealth and for no reason. Listen to a story about a man named Jed, a poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. That's and then the one, one I guess. Day he was shooting at some food and up through the ground come a bubbling crude. <laughs> All, All right, enough of that. Black gold, Texas, Texas tea. <laughs> Charles Ray. That reminds me of that. Um, you do you know the game Masterpiece? Mm-hmm. It's a board game where you're an art collector. And you're and it should actually can someone remake that with the Detroit Institute? Because the premise of Masterpiece <laughs> is there's a char- there's a a cast of characters bidding on masterpieces from the art institutes. Yeah. Permanent collection. It really is. All of the works are from the Art Institute. Um, and there's like a 60s version where one of them is like a Nazi. It says like no dossier prior to World War II available. <laughs> but both of the editions have like a guy who struck Texas gold. Yeah. But I, I'm, oh man. So that would be a good bad art project for someone who went to art school but never quite became a real artist. <laughs> they could do. Oh, we know plenty of yeah. those people. Luigi, we still love you. Um. You could you could make a masterpiece Detroit Institute of Arts edition and then uh, get a Kickstarter for it. And mm-hmm. then when you don't completely finish it, just be like, I had a feeling most of my backers don't expect to get their money back anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you could submit it to Hansel Rick Obrist's catalog of unrealized projects. And then it might actually be real art. Wow. Um, so so Charles levels. Ray was shooting in the backyards of... I also want to like start as, uh, so Charles Ray, uh, was arrested by the displays police and really? then, no, I was trying, I was like, when I think of Charles I'm Ray's try- history outside of Chicago, I think of like John Wayne Gacy's. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to follow you. And I'm like, uh, what? Charles Ray is a interesting artist and a creepazoid. Yeah. Definitely like all creepy. people in LA. Um, <laughs> Especially industry people. Uh, and everyone calls him Charlie. And that weirded me out a lot. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I think. What would you call What would I you call Charles as I a nickname? I haven't met him in person. But I'm wondering if he says call me Charlie. Because like everyone who knows him personally calls him Charlie. Well, that, that's but a ch- common thing when you meet famous people for for like respectable professions like art. Where they don't have like, well, actually, do you think like, uh, who's like a a musician with it? Like, do you think Lady Gaga's like, call me Dolores or whatever her name is? <laughs> her name is Stephanie. Um, no, she tells people to call her Gaga. 
That's so shitty. You're but like, her, you're like, well, Lady Gaga, it's so interesting. No, please call me Gaga. And, the, and her her fiance calls her Stephanie. And did you know that she's marrying one of the Chicago Fire? I know players? she keeps hanging out in Chicago all the time, and it's my goal to get her to come to the Art Institute. And I yeah, because uh, Lady Gaga, if you're listening, please uh, hit me up. That would be that would be great. Yeah. And, also, uh, can you get us some tickets to a Chicago Fire game? <laughs> I once won tickets Which, to a Chicago I mean, Fire game in a trivia contest. Do you think that she's into the Chicago Fire because she's like trying to be European and she's like, oh, football. That's like an international sport. This started as a joke and I don't know if you real know that it's a joke and you're freaking me out now. The Her fiance? He's on the TV show Chicago Fire. I did know, but I didn't for a long time. You thought he was a soccer player? Like, I seriously thought she was... Well, I mean, I'm like, hey, I mean, Major League Soccer... soccer, Major League Soccer... She's a footballer's wife. ...has been uh, making leaps and bounds in popularity, and, uh, you know, she's the one that's weird enough to do that. (laughs) Weird enough to, like, a weird American who likes football? Yeah. Well, the first time I saw her on a late-night talk show, I was like, here's a person from a boring place in America... That's New just, York City. That's just dying. That's just dying to make everyone think she's from Eastern Europe. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Okay. So Charlie. So Charles Ray is an American artist. Um, sculptor. Sculptor. He's really into being a sculptor. I feel like he's like the least interdisciplinary artist. He's he's pretty. He's a sculpture nerd. The the show that's on view currently at. The Art Institute of Chicago, Charles Ray Sculpture, 1997 1997. to 2014, um, is a show uh, full of sculpture. Chocked full. Chocked full. No, it's actually not. There's like four sculptures spread out over. (laughs) Sparsely inhabited by sculpture. So I was really upset when they announced this show was happening because... I I was the first person to tell you it was happening and you weren't upset. I was because I saw it last year in Basel, Switzerland, and no, I was like, God I, damn it. If you could me. bring one show from Europe to America, you brought one that I saw. Excuse you. I told you even before you went to Basel. I don't remember that. I know, but I remember because I was like, guess what? Is that when you were like uh, naming shows? <laughs> I was like, guess what? Uh, there's... There's going to be a Mary Cassatt show in 2727. <laughs> That's like uh, I, the other day I told you. I don't know. Yeah. I see the long-term calendar and things are tentative on it. So yeah. I don't never know what's real and what's not. And also probably shouldn't speak publicly and about it. And I won't. That's why I stopped talking about it. So anyway. Nina Lithoff, mistress, mistress of the long view. Uh, what's coming up on the horizon? We've got uh, Van Gogh's bedroom. In thirty thousand in thirty thousand AD, we will oh. be having a Monet show again. <laughs> um, ben Renoir again. In sixty nine, sixty nine, we will have a post impressionist show. Um, currently in the year on twenty five twenty five, if Man is still alive, there, we'll have Man there, Ray. Yeah, no, that will be a Man A show. <laughs> Good. Um, <laughs> good stuff. I'm just making fun of the fact that this museum still can't like now we're in the 21st century and it still has trouble doing shows in the 20th century. That's not true. It does too. It just likes the 19th century. Well, you know, it goes with its strengths. It's true. 
Well, you know. One of its strengths is Charles Ray sculpture currently on view. Um, and one of the works in the permanent collection is Hinoki, which is a big old tree made of cypress from Japan called Hinoki. Oh. And that's why this show came. I mean, that's one of many reasons why this show came to Chicago, because. It can't travel much like LeGrand Jot. <laughs> I thought you were going to say much like LeBron James. I don't oh. know why, but that just like. Are you kidding? He's moving all the time. That's <laughs> true. He's taking his talent everywhere. Especially in Trainwreck. I don't know if you've seen that, but I went to see I heard he was in it, and I heard it was good. It was good. good it was bad, really good. good. He did a really good job. The whole movie was good, but he did a good job, too. I just want to say that our producer is coaching her to say it was good, I think. He didn't see it yes. with me. Yeah, no, yes, he's saying that. I hear it's great. Oh, do we have that sponsorship from Judd Apatow? Is that what's going on now? And I have to. No, we don't. Uh, no, I'm getting signal. We don't. Now, is Judd Apatow. You guys, I came this close to meeting Jab- Judd Apatow. Jab- 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 Apatow. I uh, have a picture of him on my phone, but I didn't meet him. I just took a picture of him with other people. Great. So <laughs> this close. can you walk us through that that moment when you took the picture? Well, everyone was like, can you take a picture? And I was like, sure, I'll take one on my phone. Of Judd Apatow. Yeah. Does anyone even know what he looks like? Yeah, of course. He looks like that other guy that he works with. He looks like a white Seth male. Rogen. So speaking of white males, tell us more about Charles Ray. <laughs> um, so speaking of California and using up resources it doesn't have, Hinoki is made out of the world's supply of Hinoki. Yeah, it, he cornered the market of Hinoki. They, they only allow people to have a certain amount per year. Mm-hmm. So he used many artisans at the same time in order. He paid them. Yeah, of course, but he cornered the market on it. And he's done many other such annoying things. For instance, he cornered the market on uh, total Pontiac Grand Ams. You know, he's not the first artist to do that. Uh, Chris Burden made a series of erector set sculptures. Um, No, it's it's a type of engineering toy that today you couldn't release because it's too complicated. Kids... Kids it's, are smart. No, like but they Legos. would. They could. They could not fucking deal with an erector set. It involves actual mechanical inclination and knowing how to like tighten bolts and like how structures work and things like that. So, I think you underestimate you, today's kids. youth. I think you underestimate today's youth. Uh, with their Ninja Turtles and their Tiger Electronics, they're more technological than ever because they. No, know they how are. To use have you worked with children? I like children. What do you mean by worked with? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by like children? Uh, no, because I because I've I've had tech technology related experience with children where I'm like this shouldn't be a problem helping these kids set up their IDs or install software do things they're they're at this particular place because they want to work with technology mm-hmm. they're going to school for this technology and then they're just like. Uh, what do I do here? And I'm like, well, no, you, you enter your password. I don't know what it is. Um, not like me either. Yeah. No, it's like, no, what they know how to do is sit in front of a computer and not pay attention and then look at their phone. 
which is, I mean, that's, they're like, I'm in front of an electronic distraction, but, yeah, but I can't pay attention because I'm distracted by another smaller, closer one. Well, I'm just like, haven't you ever like been and something's loading and you're like, what am I supposed to do while this is loading? Because I can't use any other part of my computer while it's loading. So then you use your phone. Right. Or you just tell them, uh, type your email address and press enter. And then they type their email address, not their password and not anything else. And then I'm like, how's everything going? And then they're like, what? oh, what do I do? Well, and I'm like, you're supposed you're supposed to be going to an elite school to so learn how to make art. So erector set. So like erector yeah, sets. Yeah, we suck. We're idiots. Um, Who's we? Old people. Huh? <laughs> Old people. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Go on, erector set. So sets. Chris Burden was making uh, really complicated giant models of bridges and shits out of in shits <laughs> out of erector sets. And he totally fucked up the collector erector <laughs> set market. Collector erector. The erector collector set market because he bought up all these vintage ones and all these collectors trying to buy it. It's like they like tripled and quadrupled value of, of erector sets because they were so scarce. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I would like to envision a future where these uh, bridges he's built uh you know, his, his market stales a little bit, a bunch of collectors, art collectors, mm-hmm. uh, release a bunch of these erector set sculptures on the auction market at once. And then his price goes down and then erector collectors <laughs> buy up his artwork, dismantle them and then return them back to the erector pool. Erector collector. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, um so it's, and you know what, Chris Burden, also an LA artist, so ooh. more disdain for uh, fair play. Uh, so anyway, that that's the story of Charles Ray's wood. <laughs> um, but it's only the beginning. Of the but story. it's only well, no, but I mean, it is an interesting piece. So he found. I like that piece a lot, actually. He um, found this weird tree trunk that washed up on the beach, and he was. I thought it was in the woods. I thought it washed up on the beach. I it's don't know. apocryphal. No, he told this story when he came to be a visiting artist. I thought it was the woods. It doesn't matter. Go on. No, I think that's the trunk that Mark Dion found in the woods on Art 21. Um, no. There's only two trunks in the history of art. (laughs) Unless you count Indian art, then there's a ton of it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, anyway, he found this trunk. And he was like... He found the Pontiac Grand Am. Yeah. Oh, right. (laughs) Boom. Well, you know... Um, so he was really excited and he's like, oh, this is sculptural. Uh, and that's, that's if, okay. If I had to really boil it down, that would be his entire philosophy. That would be his entire artistic practice to be like, that's really interesting. That's sculptural. Yeah. Good. He knows what he's doing. That is one thing I respect about this show. He has a very specific, uh, artistic practice and he goes for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so we found this wooden thing he also likes transferring like translating materials into materials so he came with this idea of like what if i got these japanese artisans it's funny i know exactly what you're talking about but you know who doesn't the people that are listening to me explain it okay uh (laughs) translating materials into materials meaning this is so he hired uh like recreating things into a different material than it was originally but in this case um it's made of wood it's a dead tree. Yes, but he got. And can he I made say it what, out of not dead wood. Well, no, it was still dead wood. And that's true. Um, 
So what I was saying is he hired Japanese artisans who are experts in woodworking with Hinoki to take this rotten tree that washed up on the shore in the woods <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, recreate it mm-hmm. by hand. So he does that a lot. He has another by carving, yeah. Yeah, he has another work of a bulldozer he found on a farm that was really cool that he was into, and then he had his studio graduate students, assistants, studio mates, uh, studio hands, uh, recreated un- unpaid metal. interns. Um, they all they were all given a piece of the dismantled tractor and asked to recreate it like from life so it's sort of like the sculptural equivalent of like when you see something and then you're just like supposed to draw it based on observation so they sculpted it based on observation and then they like uh reconstructed it so then you look at it now and you can't tell but it like first they would talk about when you see just one of the treads or something you're like oh sydney made that because he's got you know that's his touch you can see that in the way it's made it's got a certain style to it style um, so then that's made, you know, that's there. Um, and then when they were all put together, it looks, it looks like what it is. I was going to say naturalistic, but I don't think that's what I mean. I mean, it's it looks realis- real? realistic. Yeah. Like yeah. photorealistic only it's a sculpture. And no, you, it's not super photorealistic <laughs> though. The whole point is that it's not quite photorealistic. But I think, um. Also that I don't know of any 3D photographs. <laughs> I, I do um we'll talk about that in another episode (laughs) that's a whole nother thing you mean like 3d printing uh no i know some sculptural photograph i know some artists who do sculptural photographs no but i mean the way you're saying photorealistic yeah i get what you're trying to say it looks like it looks looks like the thing it looks like the thing it looks looks like like. (laughs) but it's not because that's not it doesn't look like it was it it doesn't look like that light wrote it Yes. It looks like it just looks like it was cast from life, perhaps. Right. It looks like it. It's a real um, tractor. Yeah. A tractor is made out of metal. I mean, there's some things. Right. In it this looks show like it maybe it was cast out. Maybe they cast it out of aluminum. Right. Rather than uh, taking pieces of clay and rotting it by hand, hand rot. Hand, yeah. Handcrafted. And recreated. Yeah. But a lot of things in this show are solid metal, and I think. <sighs> He makes a big deal about them being solid metal, and I'm sort of, like, not sure what the object of that is because, like, the visitors are really impressed when they find out. They're like, what? That weighs two tons? It's solid metal? But, it, you know, you have to tell them that. You know, there's nothing you can't in kick about it. it. Right, you can't kick it. I think that a lot of these sculptures uh, could be kicked and would probably hurt the person that kicked them more than I it would hurt the sculpture. I think if you kicked them, they would all go, Don't bong. kick these. Do not kick these sculptures, but I want to sometimes, but do not. Um yeah, I don't know. It seems really important to Charles Ray to talk about how heavy they are. There was actually a review of the show that was like, uh, how heavy is American Gothic? Like, why are you making such a big deal oh, about nice. this? And that made me laugh that a lot. That shit's heavy. Um, it's also really important to apparently not talk about how every single sculpture looks like the T-1000, except they keep talking about how it looks <laughs> like liquid metal. They're like, the surface looks like liquid metal. Like it totally fucking you're like, yeah, like the Terminator. That's the one thing you don't need to explain to anyone. Except maybe a a person not of the Western 
tradition of popular culture. Are you kidding? Terminator 2 is like one of the most successful movies in the history of movie making. I saw Terminator 2 when I was babysitting and the kids I was babysitting were like, let's watch Terminator 2. And I was like, what about Terminator 1? I need continuity. No, I was like, I don't know if I'm old enough to watch this movie. It's rated R. Because I was like a teenager and they were like, we've seen this movie a million times. And they had, they like knew when everything was going to happen and stuff. And I was like. And they totally told you the the anal sex scene was over halfway through to get you to open your eyes. There was an anal. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. The liquid metal Terminator turns his arm into a giant dildo and fucks the Terminator, the regular Terminator with it. And that's like how it shuts him down. Um, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting mentioned from our producer that that is falsified information. Um, you know, I, well, because like the no, anal that, sex scene in Pulp Fiction, like really disturbed me when I saw it as a teenager. Is that what happened? It was so obscure. Oh, wait, no, I guess he does come down the stairs and he's having butt sex. In Pulp Fiction? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that part. It was actually, that was like really disturbing to me. Um, as a youth, I um, it actually I I didn't see the whole thing of that movie. I, I came in in the middle, which is very confusing because it's a fucking out of order movie. You maybe came in at the beginning. You don't know. Uh, exactly. Um, and it and I was like, I oh, came pooch. in at the part where she gets stabbed. I want stabbed. a pot belly. <laughs> I saw. Yeah, I came in at the part where she gets stabbed in the chest, and I was like, "What the fuck movie is this?" Um, and it wasn't until I was in college and I saw the whole thing. I was like, this is good. And then you're like, oh, oh, the suitcase has a Royale with cheese in it. <laughs> Everyone knows that. The Golden Archers. Well, when I was nine, I had been in France and I had a Royale with cheese. So I already knew that. So I had this, you know, touch touchstone for that movie. And then then it all made sense after I saw that scene. Um, I would actually say Terminator 2 doesn't really seem like an R movie because he makes a big deal about not killing people. Where he goes, I swear I will not kill anyone. Which then he proceeds to then shoot everyone through the kneecap, which is probably one of the worst lifelong debilitating injuries you can have. Um, but he doesn't... Uh, only the bad guy kills people. Yeah, that's uh, how you know not, he's a bad guy. There's not, really, there's not really blood. There's no sex. Well, actually, we watched um, when I was a senior, we, I had this class called Religion and Film, and that was the first thing we watched. And he was like, tell us why this is religious. Um, he just sh- showed us the scene where he's like, come with me if you want to live. Oh. Um, and uh, part also, of the problem was. Jesus, Jesus was in the Old Testament was sent to kill mankind. <laughs> and then in the Second Testament. Well, the problem was like, that is a religious film because like. What's uh, called Judgment Day. Well, also like. You know, this Sarah Connor's like Mary, Mary. and then there's like the second coming and blah, blah, uh. blah, blah, and all these things. But um, you don't know that from the clip he showed in class. You had to have watched all three of the movies to understand that. So I don't I think you need to watch cheap. the third movie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the new one, though. I have no I have no knowledge or interest in any of this at all. Um, so what else do you want to say about Charles Ray? <laughs> Well, you saw you saw the show in Basel and yeah. here, so um, I liked it better here. Oh, you I did. think it's actually really cool the way they pulled all the walls out. It's a really beautiful space. Things flow together well. So I can speak to that. Um, in the modern, it's in the modern ring of the Art Institute on the second floor where contemporary art is usually shown, and they've removed all of the walls. Instead, they're showing Charles Ray. Instead, they're showing Charles Ray. He's contemporary art, but none of the permanent collection is on view. 
and um, they're uh, they've removed all of the walls in the modern wing, so it's just these three giant rooms, and it's incredible. I mean, just even if there was no sculpture in it at all, it's very soothing i think mm-hmm. to be in that space and you can see all the way through to millennium park and it's summer so you can see all these beautiful flowers and it's just so i don't know tranquil and sunshiny and um that's a that's a really nice thing i think okay just aesthetically but there's 18 sculptures in those galleries and then three four others wait a second well, let me think about this one two three well there's no dog others. there was no there's Two times I've been there with no dog. Really? Okay, well, the dog was there on Thursday, so. (laughs) This is like some uh, ghost dog. (laughs) Ghost protocol. Um, Do they have, like. uh... Charles Ray has a sculpture. Okay, so four of the works in the exhibition were made this year, and this is the first time that they're being shown in public. One is the dog, which Eric's alluding to. It's called Silver, and it's made out of solid silver, because, like, who the fuck knows how much that costs. Is this a dog from Monopoly? (laughs) No, it's like a wolf looking dog like a german shepherd it's really cute and it's in in griffin court in like the middle of the modern wing uh, when visitors just come in and kids love it they love it and everyone wants to touch it i mean everyone wants to touch all these sculptures but specifically that one but they move it out of the way if they're having a special event so apparently i think they just move it it out of the way i think they're like oh god eric's coming gotta get rid of that dog i think they're just like uh it's like this mystical dog that no, like only Nina has seen it. And pretty soon she's going to start shooting people. <laughs> it's all in my imagination. Yeah. It's well, like the chicken, this could be the it's summer like the chicken of Nina. from Orphan Black. This could be like the summer of Nina. And I meant Orange is the New Black. Sorry about that. The summer of Nina and her imaginary solid silver dog. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, David Berkowitz. I don't know what that means. Uh, the son of Sam. Do you know who that is? No. Don't explain. Anyway, so. What? No. <laughs> he's one of the most famous serial killers in the history of America. And in a very hot summer in the 1970s in New York, he killed a bunch of people. It was 1977. <laughs> he believed that his dog was speaking to him through uh, the power of Satan. Wasn't it his neighbor's dog? And then he killed the dog? At one point, and then the ghost of the dog was talking to him, too. Yes, and he would uh, shoot people with a uh, a revolver as they were sitting in cars in various places in New York City. And he totally looks like a chubby version of Andy Kaufman. Whoa. And the news really, the news had a better name for him. They wanted to call him the forty-five caliber killer. That's pretty good. It's not, though, because he fucking would call up the news and be like, this is the son of Sam. Oh, then that's And then better. that's a fucking way better name for a, a murderer. <laughs> and then uh, I'm Spike freaked Lee, out now. The Spike, dog is real. The dog is real. Somebody do- back me up. No, this, Nina is seeing this uh, mysterious <laughs> silver dog. For the next week, all I'm going to Instagram is pictures of that dog. By the and way, really, I don't hate this. Just got an Instagram. Follow us at I don't hate this. Or she'll kill you. Or I'll kill you. Um, She'll kill you with the revolver also from the Monopoly set yeah and then i'll run over you with the car from the monopoly set it's uh it's a hot summer it's very muggy much like the summer of sam i think it's not that it's nice and breezy today it's just hot in this recording studio and outside and in the sun Uh uh-huh okay so uh what was i talking about 
not the dog. Oh, okay. The so, dog that's not there. Uh, sure, Nina. Sure, there's a dog. <laughs> the other two, there's horse and rider, which, which is, I couldn't see because the garden was closed because of because Lollapalooza. of Lollapalooza. So yeah, you got, Lollapalooza is insanity. I mean, just like pure insanity. I mean, it's just this like gathering of the most talented musicians and like insanity. the most dedicated fans just and like, like insanity. It's like three just days like of music crazy. and peace. Just like and, completely nuts. And, uh, you just know, like it's like the pandemonium. Just it's like just like the most amazing performers, insane. like the just most like cutting edge music. Totally crazy. And uh, it's just like. Insane. OK, anyway, so, <laughs> horse I and felt rider. really bad for the guy on the street today selling hair bands. Hair He's bands? Like, Keep your hair out of your face. Ugh. It's really hot. And I'm like, if there's one thing I know about girls with long hair, they always have like a bunch of things to like tie their hair up to keep it out of their face. Like me right now. Yeah. And or you can shave the back of your head, which I didn't do. I felt bad for that guy because then the other guy was like, I've got 31 day passes. And then at first I was like, well, this is only three days. What do you mean? (laughs) But he meant he had 30 single day Day passes. passes. And he was selling he was selling those mugs for 300. 300. But actually, isn't that probably cheaper than a than it was originally? <laughs> no, it was one hundred and ten dollars originally. Oh. And then how much was it for a three day pass? Three hundred and ten dollars. I have no idea. Oh. I am making that up. I don't they know actually. Also, is there anyone good? I heard Paul McCartney's playing at Lollapalooza. Yeah, tonight. Who? Friday. Who? Paul McCartney. Oh, I'm other than Paul McCartney. Oh well, Am- Alabama Shakes is playing tonight. Too, now are they the I ones that invented the uh, that? the harlem shake dance or whatever no not even close no not even a little bit the alabama shakes sounds like i have no interest in that next no you would like them i mean they're like uh like blues oh like Like, blues hammer i love them i don't know it's like like the girl version of jack white that's how alabama shakes do they do they sing about how they got those how they got the blues Sometimes. Have they been working on the cotton fields all day long? They got those blues. Well, uh, the lead singer is a person of color. I don't know if that's bad to say. Talk about cotton fields, so I will move along. Well, I don't know. Topic. Blues Hammer, my favorite blues band, sings a lot about having those good old cotton picking blues. <laughs> well, Jerry Clark, Gary, I can't even speak. Gary Clark Jr. is also playing tonight. Who's also that? Also blues. I don't know who is. I don't know who Gary Clark Sr. is. <laughs> His father? I don't know. I'm just saying lots of good blues tonight. Okay. Um, blues rock. Next, what else? Uh, lots of good. Okay. Is, my is, favorite. Is, is, uh, my favorite Spotify station is called the Happy Hipster. It's like happy hipster music. That's like straight up my alley. As a as a you know go hipster. get lucky millennial. Yeah. Um, um, so who's on there? Glass Animals, Mr. Wives. All these bands already played today. I only know who's playing on Friday. I don't, I don't know, know who's playing any bands. other. I know. You're making them up. They're not I'm even not good made up bad up. names. I'm not making them up. Oh, if anyone wants to follow my band name Tumblr that I haven't updated in three years, go to that's a great band name. Tumblr.com. I've just added some new, we've added some new stupid ones like Hoser. <laughs> um, I don't know anyone who's not playing on Friday. The Wenzel's playing. Really? Yeah, that's me. Oh wow! Oh, wait, or is it the weekend? I can't. I have. I don't have my new prescription yet. All right. Uh, let's move on from Lollapalooza. DJ so anyway, Snake, Hot Chip, Horse and Rider is a is Charles Ray himself riding a horse. Uh, you can. 
he does a lot of self-portraits, even though he denies any autobiographical content to this exhibition at all, which is complete nonsense, basically. Wait, what? He t- he says he like completely. Um, He's just really into sculpture I and know, metal. But he also is really Sister into wives. himself. Oh, and Mr. Wives. He's really into himself and yeah. his life, but he denies any autobiographical content to the exhibition, even though it's all a bunch of self-portraits of himself proposing to his wife. I totally stuff. agree because th- there's like, these are, this is the work of a self-obsessed person who has no personality, <laughs> which is why it speaks for all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, yeah, I just am. Oh, he's Tim just, and Paula, they're good. Okay, stop looking up who's playing Lollapalooza. Stop it. Turn it Turn it up. Producer Andre has it up on the screen. Catfish horse We're man. taking it down from the big screen so we can refocus. Okay. Um, so we have, so so essentially they've uh, taken a wing that's been chock full of contemporary art and they removed all of the non-load-bearing walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the result. I think we're going to say all the non-important <laughs> contemporary um, So the result is is three shoebox-like spaces that reach from one end to the other. Uh, so they have they're flanked by floor-to-ceiling windows, mm-hmm. and then scattered sparsely throughout these spaces are these sculptures by this uh, Charlie Charlie Man. Charlie Manson. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, and I mean, a lot of the sculptures are, are about boyhood. Um, that's sort of a general theme of the exhibition. Mm-hmm. A lot of young, young boys. That sounds gayer than I was hoping it to, but I, I mean, about growing up as a well, young one, boy in America. I could be I wrong, but I think one of the lead sponsors is NAMBLA. What's that? The National Man Boy Love Association. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> What is wrong with you? It's a real thing, actually. I know, I know, but I don't. It is a thing. It's not about man-boy love. It's about being a little boy, then turning into a man. And then also that one that's about man-boy love. (laughs) There is one about man-boy love, potentially. Well, it's about Huck and Jim. Yes. So Huck and Jim is uh, another new sculpture for this year. And... um, it's the one everyone's paying attention to because um, it was originally. Because there's a white boy bending over presenting his ass to a big black man. Yep, that's. But they're both white because they're painted white. Uh, but yes, that's completely accurate. And um, are you like one of those people that points out Obama's half white? No, the, like it's a sculpture of Jim, and you're like, yeah, well, it's a white sculpture of a black man, so it's only. <laughs> no, <laughs> the sculpture's painted white. Well, it's actually interesting because I think the final sculpture is supposed to be silver, but I heard something about they tried to make a silver version of it and then it rusted, so they were only able to have this is. They um, were trying to have it outside. It's not the maquette. It's like it's like a fiberglass version painted white, and they were trying to have an outside version, and then the outside. They were like, "Hey, we're just trying to have an outside version." <laughs> it had technical difficulties. I thought the technical difficulties were that it uh, was a white boy bending over. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because like it was supposed to be at the New Whitney, and then right. they got. So it was commissioned for um, the New Whitney Museum. And, and then the Whitney was like, "We don't whoa, want whoa, whoa, we don't whoa, want whoa, a naked whoa. man standing whoa, next to whoa. a naked boy." And With, they rejected it. Uh, also, there, he has a huge boner. He does not have a huge boner. He just no, he has a huge not. dick. That's um, completely different. So well, imagine actually, how big that thing gets when it's erect. I can't even believe he's in that. I mean, well, I think it's actually, I don't know. 
It's uh, a conspicuously no, it's- large dick, and it made me feel like, why Why did he do that, you know? Why uh, did Charles Ray do that? Ne- no. <laughs> what? Um, I don't... I don't know. Uh, I've not. It's yeah. Two two out of three guys in this room are like, eh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> hey. Um, what's odd about it is the kid is bending over, not really paying attention. And the Jim is like about to place his hand on him, but there's this hesitation he or has something. The hover hand. Yeah. So that's the part that makes it creepy. Is that it's like wanting to touch him or not i don't know it's strange right well it's protectiveness i think i mean i think that i haven't read huckleberry finn since i was in high school but um i think that there is a protectiveness there Mm -hmm. and i i I think that's definitely in the content of the story and and this particular scene where huck is is bending over to pick up some frogs eggs um, is written into the text of the book. Mm-hmm. And they, the fact that they were naked all the time is also written into the yeah. text of the book. Um, in the chapter called Shenanigans. Um, but really, so definitely, definitely the... Um, right, it, it, was, it actually story. was hot out. It was, they were... They were on the Mississippi. Right. They were riding a raft on the Mississippi. Um, e River. I think... Definitely because of the Whitney controversy, it's been like, what? It was, you know, New York didn't want it, but then Chicago got it. And I think there was a lot of like. We have a long tradition of uh, things like that, like with R. Kelly and his abusive children. You know, he's a hometown hero. So. Oh, God. But um, uh, the reaction to the work, you know, being a new work, being the first venue that this work is being shown in has been very positive. People have been saying that this is the best work in the show which i think is interesting because i'm like because it's not i don't really care about it that much it's not the worst work in the show no but it's not the certainly best. I, I, the worst I, I, work in the show is the mime um the mime um should we cut to a picture of uh time mime i spilled my water so the mime actually is funny because somebody uh, talk faster <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, it spilled water everywhere. Uh apparently a mime came to the art institute. <laughs> and was really offended. <laughs> well, I was like, we should have gotten the mime in there to take a picture with the mime in the sculpture. If you come in to the Apple store tomorrow with fucking liquid damage in that phone. <laughs> I spilled water everywhere. Uh no I didn't. Oh, it's fine. It'll be mime. I mean mime. <laughs> <laughs> if it's mime with you, it's mime with me. <laughs> so I wanted the mime. So apparently the mime was standing out on the bridgeway between Millennium Park and the Art Institute, like pretending to take photos and then like being mad at tourists that were walking in front of his photos. Oh, that's <laughs> he was a good. mime. It was pretty good. Yeah. But I was like, oh, man. So, yeah, he has this sculpture called Sleeping Mime and it's a mime sleeping. I think it's just called mime. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a mime sleeping. I, d- I think it's I don't know. It's okay. Yeah, it's just called mime. Uh, here's what the Swiss have to say about it. <laughs> Fundamentally different in the sleep of mime, a portrait of a mime asleep on a bed. It's kind <laughs> of like a hammock. A camp bed. To me, I thought, uh, I immediately thought MASH. It looked hmm. like someone on a, on a triage bed from the television show MASH. 
mm-hmm. like going like, uh, but he's like so relaxed that he has his head of hand over his head and he's like, but he's totally miming sleep. it. Like he doesn't, it doesn't look like real sleep. So it says a portrait of a mime asleep on a camp bed, or is he just miming sleep? Attention in his body is si- slightly exaggerated gestures. The left hand appears to be resting weightlessly on his thigh, for example. Make it clear that what we are looking at is actually the semblance of sleep. The chisel marks have not been smoothed away, nor the joints welded up. What we see is sculpture in the making. I don't know about that. <laughs> sculpture in the making. But I do think, yeah, he's miming. Well, I, so I was there. Uh, yeah, Eric went to both. Uh, venues for this exhibition, which I think yeah. is an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. So lay it on. <laughs> um, well, I, I hated it in Switzerland and here I just didn't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really did hate about it for, in Switzerland. I was just like, oh, you, please. You did, um... Well, that one was like, so the way Switzerland, it was set up over two venues uh, at the Kunstmuseum Basel und Museum für Gegen Kunstwerk. So it's weird to be split up since it's so few works. Yeah. Well, but he demands like 30 feet of space around each work. So some <laughs> of them were in the contemporary art museum. That's a, a stone's throw, a hop, a skip and a jump and a few blocks past Picasso, Picasso plats. Um, Wait, there's really a Picasso plats in yeah. Switzerland? Yeah. Check my Instagram. Mm. At art or idiocy. Yes. One. Um, I love the stuff Andre looks up while we're talking. He's like Swiss flag. <laughs> <laughs> that will really is add that, a lot to this conversation. White, is that the white plus sign on a red field? Yes. What I like about the Swiss flag is it's square. It's not rectilinear. Hmm. Did you know the only non-quadrilateral flag is the Nepalese flag? Is that a triangle? It's two triangles. The triangles are meant to symbolize the Himalayan mountains. <gasps> Ooh, ah. And the twin peaks of your mom. <laughs> Gross. Um, so, uh, at the twin one- Twin Peaks is a band that's performing at Lollapalooza. Uh, they, do they have like pink Barbie Casio things to play no, on? No, they're actually, <laughs> they're a band of kids my brother went to school with. Oh, wow. They're all my brother's age, and he actually knows some of the guys from the band, and now apparently they're, like, famous or something. I well. Know. I don't know. What are we going to do? I don't know. You know what would be a good band? Blue Velvet. <laughs> that would be a good band name. That's also a David Lynch film. I'm aware. Oh, okay. Well, I never know with you. Thanks a lot. Yes. Well, I thought you would have seen Sledgehammer by uh, Peter Gabriel, but you're like, uh, what? (laughs) I I actually haven't seen Twin Peaks before. Yeah. Well, also, no one has. Even the people that are really into it just read about the references that are in Twin Peaks. (laughs) I saw Blue Velvet twice, actually. Blue Velvet's pretty good. Yes. Um. So there, there's the one venue, the contemporary art venue, and then in the Kunstmuseum itself, uh. They it spread throughout this like neoclassical beautiful building, and it's set through this progression of small rooms. So it's sort of like a hallway of small rooms. Hmm. Um, and so does each does each, each work room, have its own work? Yeah. So you start with the uh, wrecked um, grand right. and then you proceed to the naked woman with the lovingly rendered labia mm-hmm. and other stuff. 
I hope the our bulldozer. producer Andre is not looking up labia right now because he's sort of typing frantically. The me, bulldozer. Me either because I don't want to get distracted. Uh-huh. Uh, the chicken, the naked boy playing with a car, <laughs> the uh, hilariously idiotic portrait of him proposing to his wife. I love that thing. This that boss is relief. Um, boss? Isn't that how you pronounce it? How you, ba relief? How yes, do you? ba. I don't know. I thought we went over three episodes of training so you could at least pronounce ba relief. Uh, whatever. Now, how do you pronounce Giotto? Giotto. Giotto. And how do you pronounce... Do you, Ang. Simbao? Who's how that? How do you pronounce Ingres? Yeah. How do you pronounce Simbao? Ang. I yeah. know how to pronounce Ang. I said it. Ang. 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 Chimabui. Yinko Shinabari. Scudenfruden. Slavlav Lizak. Cindy Sherman. <laughs> Ed um, Ruscha. <laughs> Ruska. <laughs> Ruska. Uh, what are the other art, art names that are hard to say? Um, so, uh, yeah, each room led to another room of sculpture, and then it ended with the boy with the frog, mm-hmm. which he seemed 10 times taller in Switzerland than here. Uh, and then they sort of had this part where they're like, we don't really know what to do here. So then they had the homeless woman sleeping on a bench <laughs> in this bigger room around some other artworks. <laughs> and then uh, then they had the mime uh, suffering from sh- sh- uh, heat exhaustion sleeping <laughs> on a cot. Um well, um, so the other thing I thought was successful there on one of their grand staircases, they had the boy dressed as uh, playing a Roman in the school play. So that was kind of mm-hmm. cool. That was on a landing. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, Actually, school play was interesting for me because um, uh, when we were in the sixth or seventh grade, we did Julius Caesar. And um, one of our friend's dad's or his friend, I can't remember who was the artist of it, um, did a watercolor painting of my friend's performing Julius Caesar and like half of the classroom is like turning into some kind of Roman forum. Oh, wow. It was really cute. And it's in my friend's house and, um, the school play, the sculpture really reminds me of it. It was a great painting actually. Um, and I've seen it many times and it's the funny. play or the sculpture. This, the, the painting, the oh. painting that my friend's dad did of our classmates when we were <laughs> sixth graders. She still has it in her house. Um, it's a nice, it's a nice painting, and uh, it just so you reminded like the sculpture me of that. Because like, it reminded yeah, you it of... reminded me of my own childhood. Yeah, I think so. It's for very a moment, accurate. his approach did work. It did, yeah. I mean, I think it's that's kind of a universal experience, or something that a lot of people have experienced, where you like tie a sheet around yourself and you're. I don't know. I saw that and I was like, "Damn!" Some mom who knows how to make a really good toga was there, and like it seemed better it's than true. my childhood. Well, shitty had, theater experience we even had like those uh retractable knives that we could like stab people oh, with wow. and it looked like they were getting stabbed nice yeah um the but, problem the problem with the iteration in switzerland was it dumped you out into this room of like uh picasso rose and blue period paintings and all these other like fucking amazing masterpieces mm-hmm. so you're kind of like oh, there's a lot of naked youths i'm not sure i feel about this and then you're also like 
this is fucking boring figurative sculpture and this guy's really into sculpture but I'm not so into sculpture and then they're mm-hmm. like oh here's some fucking sweet paintings yeah I wonder what this show would be like to view if you really loved sculpture like I don't yeah <laughs> Um, Maybe we're I, the wrong people to talk about this. No, I do. But. I do like it. But I would say, I mean, it's a pretty conservative show. Well, yeah, I think that was interesting because, you know, we were concerned about all the nudity. You know, will it play in Peoria style, um, whether Midwesterners would be scandalized mm-hmm. by all the nudity. But I, by I think, supple child buttocks. <laughs> I think a lot of it um, is just like classical kind of nudity. And yeah. Well, there's also that dad bod that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, a young man. The, the chubby Jesus-looking guy. Yeah, he really has a dad bod. Um, dad bods, I don't know. I like, they're fine. Yeah. Um, do you, but... How come there's never sculptures of people with erections? Because that would be too much. I don't know. It would be. It would just be a nightmare for the PR department. They would not <laughs> promote the show. Well, just over the history of the world. I mean, unless you have erotic well, for sculpture. The, for the Romans um, and the Greeks, they thought that big penises were horrifyingly ugly. And their sculptures wanted to preserve the best and most beautiful looking depictions of youth and beauty. And so why would they ever show... An unwieldy penis. Because those are like fucking awesome, and that's how you. I'm just telling you. Express your masculinity. No, no, no. That's not how the Greeks did. They thought it was horrifying looking, so they made tiny little, tiny, tiny little ones. And then, when in the Renaissance, when they dug up all those Roman sculptures, they were emulating them, so they made tiny. What just goes back to even in even in the enlightened Platonic era, they were ashamed of their bodies and scared of sex. I mean, I actually read an article about, like, the penis in cinema and talking about how, like, Judd Apatow, for example, or a lot of those, you know, comedy movies, they use penises as a joke, especially flaccid penises, that there's no, you know, that's, that it's, that it's supposed goes, to be hilarious or Penis gross jokes go back probably as far as, as humankind. Greek. No, but I just mean, like, that, that a flaccid penis is, like, gross. That they use that for comedy mm. and that they wouldn't show. I mean, I don't know if you could show a erect penis in, in American cinema. I mean, that's like Hayes Code 101. Is that still around? No, but <laughs> but, but the idea of it is still mm-hmm. around, I think. Yeah, it's pretty much just boobs is all you can get away with. Sometimes right. a penis if it's not sexual, though. Right, that's what I'm saying. If it's a, it's if, if like you it's can't being show shown, penis, if like, it's being shown for ridicule, then you're allowed to show it. Or just bathing or something like a, you know, not completely dirty. neutral. But yeah. I thought this show, I thought this exhibition and the sculptures in it were fairly neutral. Yeah. Um, maybe with the exception of Huck and Jim, which has a lot of, it's fairly neutral, but with potential connotations. Mm-hmm. Which Charles Ray has talked about liking, so. I do think it is a little weird to have a naked boy playing with a VW Beetle, though. Oh, but I thought that was really sweet. I, it's interesting because it's a very, it's it's life-size. I mean, we talked oh. last in our last episode about um, Charles Ray and scale, which I think is um, actually, to me, one of the most interesting aspects of his work is the scale of it. Because he'll have um, a young boy or a, t- mm-hmm. a child's that's bigger than life size or 
perhaps adult size Mm -hmm. um and then um some that are smaller than life size and and Mm -hmm. how you interact with those is interesting but uh new beetle which is a little boy playing with a beetle car you know like a vw bug is the size of a little boy and and just the way that little boys crawl on the ground with Mm -hmm. cars i mean that really resonated with me with my brother and and the things when he about used to play naked <laughs> no he didn't used to play naked he actually he had <laughs> he he would um crawl around the ground with one knee um pushing the cars and stuff and so he would always have a hole in one knee yeah in his pants that's a thing <laughs> also my brother's turning 21 this week you guys oh so. <gasps> memories well, shout out try to get him naked and drunk no and to reenact nope. the nope. uh no 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 all my nope um um, but uh, that sculpture so his work's is very, kind of really sentimental. Well, that, that yeah, I think I would agree with that, and I think that that sculpture Which also is very makes it intimate. I mean, I think a lot of people. It's actually interesting to if you just stand around the exhibition, people really interact with that sculpture in particular. Mm-hmm. They like bend. They'll like sit down on the ground with it, like grown grown people. I mean, kids mm-hmm. also interact with it, but grown ups just sit on the ground with that boy and the beetle, and I think that's really sweet. I think I think um, I sort of expected people to see this show and be like, but I don't know, a bunch of dumb contemporary sculptures, whatever, you know, like this whole show that I went to go see is only 18 sculptures. Like, what is the, even the point of this? Contemporary sculpture is dumb. Like, that's sort of what I expected people's reaction to. Mm-hmm. But they really engage with them. And that's pretty gratifying. As. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good part. But what really got your goat was was woman on a bench. So well, do you not want to talk about not, that. Uh, well, so woman, on, I mean, I'm not so mad about it anymore. I've had time to reflect. Yeah. Well, and I'm you know, I already wrote, I already said my piece when I wrote about it. Where um, did you write about it? Where can our readers hear about what you wrote about? Um, we can hear about it here. <laughs> well, wait, I mean, where can it's they on artslant.com. It? Thank you. Um, it's a. T-1000 woman who's ran out of battery power. And so she's <laughs> sleeping on a bench. Um, he, he's He sculpted a woman sleeping on a bench. She's... A homeless woman. Yes. Well, so I'll read for you... Which one should I read first? The American one or the Swiss one? Read the Swiss one first because that exhibition happened first and that was your first encounter with the sculpture and you were a little bit upset by it. Sleeping Woman, 2012. Geological is the adjective that sprang to mind, Charles Ray explains, when he first photographed a homeless woman fast asleep on a busy corner near his studio. But the epithet might equally well apply to the sculpture itself, which is machined out of solid stainless steel and weighs a good two and a half tons. Metric. Unlike previous figures, this one is clothed. 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 (laughs) Clothed. With special attention paid to the laced hem of the panties peeking up from underneath. (laughs) Get it together, (coughs) Wenzel. Get it together. 
Uh, this is a publication written by a museum, by the way. Let me use the word panties. Uh, with special attention paid to the Ugh. laced hem of the panties peeking up from underneath the rucked up jacket. Rucked up is so British. Another finely worked detail is the purse underneath the folded blanket on the head on which it is resting. The shoes and hair look almost abstract by comparison and the function and they function rather like a clamp holding the figure together. So that's, so that's the official like sort of wall text um, from the Switzerland show. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I so this is a solid machined two metric ton hunk of stainless steel of a sculpture of a homeless woman that Charles Ray thought looked sculptural outside his studio, which is why I was like, "You are an idiot savant," or something. You know what I mean? Like you well, have a certain you so have a certain border lie. Well, but the when when he talks about his work and you see how he goes about his life, I feel like he's got a borderline personality disorder or something. Probably. Actually, he was taking pictures of horse and rider in the garden um, before it opened. And I was like, oh, no, a homeless man got in by accident. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's probably Charles Ray. And it was. He was um, wearing like a hoodie with that was like all the way up. And he was just like skulking around, taking pictures. And Yeah. So, I mean, on the one hand, you're like, okay, it's the artist side. Like, he just looks at everything as a potential sculptural moment. Um. But that's a little bit, you know, I mean, and you just think about all the mechanisms in place to make that sculpture, just the raw material to have that much stainless steel, how much that costs, how much it, and then in shipping, because this shit is all solid aluminum and solid metal and everything. Right. That's fucking astronomical to ship that from anywhere to anywhere, let let alone from LA across the US to Europe. Right. I just, I mean, he just must be fabulously wealthy. I can't even conceive of it and and part of what makes an artist like this fabulously wealthy is the fact that his sculptures are so enormous that i feel they can't be collected by just anyone like i feel like they need to be in institutions because they need so much well it's a little odd like how do you get in that position where you get to work on hinoki for five years or whatever like yeah i mean some of his works he worked on for 10 years and so i mean he's working on them simultaneously but of course yeah but if you're working on a 10-year wooden sculpture of a tree while you're working on a 10-year hand sculpted bulldozer like you know girls got to pay the bills somehow (laughs) and i feel like i mean in all of the materials that I've read and all of the articles I've read, they've said that Charles Ray is one of the most important sculptures of his generation and one of the most. He's a sculpture himself. <laughs> sculptors. One of the import, most important artists of this time and, and blah, 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 blah. And how great he is and important mm-hmm. he is and everything. I mean, it says that in your didactic information from Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. I would say I, he's I one of the agree. most important American sculptors. Right. But how many uh, sculptors are there? It's not that I disagree, there? but I'm like, why, uh, why did, why, how did it become this way? You know, like, why is he so important? Is it so important because he's making these giant things and because he's commanding so much wealth? Um, and, and how did he come to the point? Well, he's like Slater Kinney. He's been around a while. <laughs> He hasn't really been around for that much of a while, though. I mean, yeah, he's certainly late 70s. I mean, but they only know about that now because they care about it to look back. But he's like in the 80s and 90s making stuff. 
I guess so. That's why this show's weird, too, because I, I was well, also let down. he hasn't been around as, around as, like, I don't know, Jasper Johns or something, who's still working and is... You know. What the? How do you compare those two? <laughs> you can't. But I'm just saying, like, Jasper there's around John's, and there's around, is what I'm saying. Jasper John's moment was like whatever today minus whatever to get to 1960 is. <laughs> 45, <laughs> I know 55 years ago. I know. 55 years ago. Yeah, but he's. I think he's still yeah, making he's, good work. What? What? How? No. What? I will be brave and defend Jasper John's. <laughs> Go on. I I I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here, but I think chocolate chip cookies deserve more attention. <laughs> um, no, no one thinks he's making important work now. He's just making copies of the American flag. <laughs> not a not a ready made, by the way. Yeah, no, uh, it's a weird. Uh, he's a weird thing where because you saw the thing at MoMA, and I'm like, why the fuck was MoMA like? You know what? We need to do another show of Prince of American Flags by this fuck. He didn't do Prince of American Flags. Uh, I loved that show. Jasper John's regrets. I regret it. I loved it. Did what you were, see it? No, probably. It was I don't know. Great. It, I think wait, this was when the polka was up. Yeah, it was the same time as polka. I probably was like, don't need to see that. <laughs> I went. I went twice so I could see them both. The I saw Johns? a lot. Of, I saw a lot of stuff at a moment that that visit. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Charles Way is an important sculptor. I'd say. I don't know. I mean, at least American. Yeah, but uh, he's so problematic to me. Like his sculptures are so masculine, which I know. Even the sculpture of a woman. Even the sculpture of a woman. Just the things that I hear about what he says philosophically about sculpture of it being sort of permanent and oh god what a man no i really think those are masculine you know like that this thing is so huge large and it it takes up space in the world and it will be around forever i think those are sort of masculine motives of of life on earth or something like that like that was what i i because i saw so, this show so, and doris so Salcedo at the same time and i know she doris made big Salcedo masculine has, shit no, I think she, the things she I don't know. makes I are think, like transient out of materials that will fade. And I don't know. I think uh, tons of dressers filled with concrete specially engineered to not crack over time is pretty hunky. That's true. That's I true. mean, in that they're hunks of concrete. <laughs> <laughs> she does have a lot of engineering behind her. Um, you know who? She hires men. It's true. I saw her R21 yeah. segment. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, what I have to say... Uh, so then you're saying that small, dainty, and immaterial is inherently a feminine approach. Mm, I'm, I don't just, know. Just saying, because you said big no, and agree. permanent I mean, is that's, masculine. That's the, I do like small, dainty, and impermanent things. I, I think that there is a case for that. There is. I don't want to. I like, I like ephemera. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to put anyone in a corner and say like, Oh, only women can make that kind of art or only men can make that kind of art. But I just think like in this sort of like, um, uh, you know, like Ava Hess versus Donald Judd kind of dichotomy, mm -hmm. like definitely Charles Ray falls on the masculine side of that. Mm -hmm. Like a sculptor who wants to make strong metal things that mm -hmm. exist in the world and that will exist for years. I mean, he talks but could about... could you say that... I mean, that's why I, I categorize it as, like, conservative and sculpture yeah. nerd. Not necessarily... Masculine or feminine. Right. 
it's I mean I, I agree I see what you're saying uh, yeah, I agree with some yeah, of that yeah. but I'm also like well no this is that's why it's old school because yeah. he's like this is a figurative mm-hmm. sculpture it looks like the thing that it looks like it's made out of metal yeah, it's uh, not very it costs a lot of money so there's you know there's this expense to it and expense uh, to and they're just it. nude bodies and you know right. it just seems well i think yeah i i think there's not very i think much the figure subversive content about it i think the figure is always conservative you think so the body is always going to be conservative representation is conservative um i don't know because i think that some abstract expressionist theories are conservative too mm-hmm. they were not conservative in the time that they were presented, but I think people who continue to make abstract expressionist paintings or continue to like say that abstract expressionism is the only sort of like true way to express things without political content. I think that is inherently conservative or like to deny political content in a work. The no, well, uh, why say represent realistic representations tend to be of the body that's like the most traditional thing you can do is like a realistic depiction of a body i know but it's interesting because like i my and art... i understand well and when i say that i'm not saying that therefore the answer is abstract expressionism right no no of course. but i'm also saying yeah. that i would say that people today i mean i would say there's still a degree of push against ad reinhardt and his theories of art only being art but then also being incredibly liberal and politically active and having multiple separate things that he did Hmm. so he was very politically engaged and very involved in a lot of stuff like that but for him he's like art shouldn't do that Hmm. my art is this pain and it can be also political to say that i've purged everything from this work and therefore it can't be co-opted for right a political agenda agenda because it's it reveals nothing it gives nothing it's this regressive near black image that that absorbs rather than projects yeah interesting lots to think about we haven't made a joke in a long time say something funny (laughs) um no i i think that's it it's all interesting but i guess i would yeah well, I could read I, what the Art Institute had to say about about uh, metallic woman. metallic woman. Sure, I was also like woman. like thinking about like oh, well, there's a sculpture of a black woman and then she's homeless. Like, how, what a fuck you that is to like, you know, where they're like, oh, yeah. this isn't what we meant like by diverse depictions of people. Like, yeah, everyone else yeah. is like well, sort of well, you have the car and stuff, so that's tied to modern life. But like the car will. Um, but to then explain, you have this, We've like, been referencing the car a lot. Um, and actually, I think the car is another interesting. I love that sculpture, but it's yeah. also very problematic. It's the earliest work in the show. Well, um, why is it problematic? Because because it has a g- 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 ghost in it. Yeah, um, Charles Ray wanted to show a, a a crashed car, and he specifically said he wanted it to have been a car that people died in. And could you sort of tell the the people or like the essence of the people that had died there? Um, and to me, that's very emotional and very loaded. Um, but then in all subsequent things he said about that particular sculpture, he's been like, well, I didn't really care. I just want someone to have died. And I don't really care about that. It was just all about the sculptural. I mean, he's just is so emphatic about it being all about the sculptural mm-hmm. that it completely ruins any humanity that can be read into the sculptures. And I think that's very problematic. I mean, right. Which is, again, why I think it's conservative sculpture nerd stuff. 
Right. I mean, and and that's why I'm torn on whether or not the work is good, because I think I get a very emotional read from it. You know, references to my own childhood, references to other people's childhoods, references to classical sculpture, references to people's lives. That's what art's um, for, though. That's right. art doing its thing. It's It has to be more than what the person who made it thinks. Yeah, I think that's fair. So it's good. Yeah. I think it's good, but I feel like it's good in spite of Charles Ray, which is confusing. Uh, to well, me. no, I think the best art is problematic. It's neither good nor bad. It, 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 I'm only really interested in art that makes me think about it and not say this is shit or this is good. Mm-hmm. Like good is something where you can't really dis- say it's good because the minute you're like, oh, this is good, then it doesn't have any lasting power. Mm-hmm. Art that makes you think and have problems and you're not saying like, you're saying is this good or bad that's the best art because it's making you think about it yeah and Hmm. it's making you think about interesting things like i wait eric are you saying that nothing's good or bad but thinking makes it so i'm saying thinking is feeling which is what lucy mckenzie said in that one talk that i heard that i loved i think i just got served (laughs) um now andre's taking a picture of eric having just gotten served but wait, wasn't that that was good though? I think that was good what I said. I think so. I know I I agree with that. Maybe maybe he's saying that uh, I I have I have just uh, verbalized an opinion that he was verbalizing differently that I was opposed to. Mm-hmm. That was um, Hamlet who said that. Ooh. Oh. Nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Yes. Interesting. Are you mad at us? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, do you want to read what the Art Institute had to say about Sleeping Woman? As Hamlet said, uh, Sleeping Woman 2012, solid stainless steel. I don't remember if that's what the Swiss said. Sleeping Woman is one of two works in the exhibition along with Mime that takes sleep as its subject. The clothed, heavyset black woman slumbering on a concrete bench is presumably homeless. So I also think that's interesting that like in America, they're like the, the Swiss are like, uh, Charles Ray saw a homeless woman sleeping on a bench outside his studio and took a picture. And in America, they're like, she, well, she could have just been slumbering. She, she I mean, she might be homeless, but you're like, actually, I think that's interesting. Cause I saw a woman the other day sleeping. Okay. So part of, because part in Switzerland, they have a like, really good, uh, social, social safety, safety net. net. Right. So they're like, yeah, no, you fucking Americans and your fucking homeless people. That's how it is. And like in the U.S., we're like, well, maybe she just was really tired after working really hard. And like she's on her way to a really wonderful home. Yeah. I mean, I I, uh, I felt. So you saw a sleeping woman that may or may not have been homeless. Right. Well, I, I when I read what you wrote about this and how sort of upsetting you thought that this sculpture was, I, I agreed with you. And, and now seeing, and so that kind of did color my viewing of the sculpture for the first time and couldn't be like, what a dick, that guy is such a jerk exploiting this poor woman. Um, because I was sort of on guard for it, but I, it, it has, I have seen some women and people sleeping on benches. And when I see them, I, I think of this sculpture and I think of. I, I see them more sculpturally. And I mean, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, mm-hmm. but, but I definitely am now carrying around this as part of like my visual vocabulary. Yeah. And, um, well, I just and the other day I saw a woman sleeping on, on a, 
bench waiting for the bus, and it was not apparently clear that she was homeless. Mm-hmm. But she well, was you're clearly not in a good a place, way. though, when you sleep on a bench. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would agree with I would agree with that. And I mean, part of it is like she's sitting up straight, so her feet are touching the ground, and then she's leaned over with this moving blanket or whatever, and her purse is under it. So it's this uh, it's a non peaceful sleep because you're in public, you're exposed. You're also holding on to your possessions in your sleep to to at least keep some sort of guard on that. And you also have your feet on the ground as this sort of way to stay like literally grounded is like hmm. um, presumably you could escape more quickly. But but um, Charles Ray in, in the telling of the story of how he found this woman and came to take pictures of her and came to make the sculpture said that she, she, he took a bunch of pictures of her while she was sleeping. And then he went to the studio and examined the pictures and and then he went he realized he didn't have quite enough. So he went back 45 minutes later and she was still sleeping in the same position. I mean, although her attire, notably her sneakers, clearly marks her as a contemporary figure. She is implicitly descended from various sculptures of sleeping goddesses of, from antiquity. I don't, don't think, think I so. would agree with that. No. Uh, you can make that connection, but that's not inherently in the work. I don't think so. Ray has in, was inspired to create this work when he encountered a woman sleeping on Wilshire Boulevard in Santa Monica, California. After being immediately struck by her uncanny ability to doze amid the noise and activity of a busy street corner... He returned to photograph her an hour later, and she was still asleep. Silently studying this unlikely muse, the artist discovered a beautiful face framed by unkempt hair. Her curled position stretched her pants, pulling the elastic lace of her underwear into public view. I know, but it's like also weird. It's like it was pulled into public view and exposing the small of her back, along with parts of her shirt and jacket. She had used an old packing blanket for a pillow and kept her feet planted on the ground. As with other works by the artist, the treatment of the surface and the finished sculpture varies widely and contains clues about Ray's approach. Her shoes and hair are rendered in rather crude, abstract way, while the waistband of the underwear is articulated in the most delicate terms. For Ray, her sleep has weight. She seemed to sleep like a mountain sleeps, he said. The object expresses this notion in a material way. Machine milled from a solid stainless steel, it, it clocks in at 5,775 pounds. Oh um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting object. But, I mean, I think it's telling that, like, it's the only... Uh, everyone else is sort of timeless in this exhibition. I mean, there's the kid with the car, but it's, it's interesting that he's naked mm-hmm. and has a toy. And then, like, the boy dressed as the Roman... Um, aside from the toy sword, you know, mm-hmm. those sandals and sheets could be from any era of modern life. Um, then you got the naked boy with the frog and then you've got the naked Jesus and then you've got <laughs> the naked girl and then you've got the mime that's kind of, you know, wearing suspenders or whatever. So it's like weird that she has modern possessions and is wearing sweatpants and a hoodie and everything. Right. Um, and, uh- yeah, I don't know in and I don't have it with me, but in the catalog text he talks about looking at her ass and stuff and it just made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um theoretically, I've heard from people that he obtained her permission to make this sculpture, but I can't imagine how, first of all, and then second of all, um even if he pertain- obtained her permission, does she understand mm-hmm. the extent to which 
this sculpture will make mm-hmm. him money and this the way that this sculpture is being shown to millions of people and i think if you walk up to someone on the street and say i'm an artist and i'm doing blah 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 mm-hmm. i mean i feel like they would assume like oh you're an artist like you have a deviant art account or something mm-hmm. like are you you know versus yeah, this is like some deviant art i mean you know charles ray is like yeah, but it's also kind of generic. High caliber. Too. I mean, you know what I mean? You know, if he's like, like, my name's Charles Ray and I'm an artist and I would like to use your figure for a sculpture. Like, you know, she can understand the extent to which that is going to become a well, really I, important work of art. When I, I think this I is know. an interesting point that in terms of nameable and placing, uh, more than the the people that are actually based on real people, I would say the most thing tied to a specific place and time would be the grand am like that actually looks like mm-hmm. a specific make and model of car whereas the other people are just kind of people yeah and you know, i like mean the grand am you... ha- the grand am has a, a jesus fish on the back of it no it just says jesus is love it's different than the fish oh, okay whatever it says jesus love on the bumper sticker and i mean i think that's very chilling to me of the people that died in this car crash yeah well no you know they're safe that's true i yeah. suppose or you know that they believe that they were safe. I believe that you believe. Now, lastly, mime, the the heat stroke mime from Mash that's laying on a cot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, that's where I went. I mean, you like were brought up all this childhood stuff, and I was just like, this reminds me of Mash. <laughs> um, what? There's a painting back there. Sorry, uh, there's a painting on the wall of the studio that I've never seen before. It's hidden. Um, is the portrait of Dorian Gray. It's a picture of Dorian Gray, which we'll maybe talk about next week. Maybe. Or have we already, and then it decayed. Dun, dun, dun. Um, they're like, it's a mime. Is, you know, is, is he miming sleep or is he sleeping? Well, you know, how do you act sleep? How do you perform sleep, et cetera? Uh, this woman brought this older woman up to it and was like explaining that, like, what's a sleeping mime? And then they're like, well, do you think he's really asleep or is he just like doing his profession? And then she's mm-hmm. like, can you imagine that if your profession was just to lay there and mime sleeping or something? You mean like being an art model? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Like just this idea where, where I'm like, she lives like when you go to an art museum, I guess as an average person, like you can, you, you are entering a world where the possibilities of being a professional mime whose job is to s- sleep <laughs> is a thing Pretend. he's just doing his profession <laughs> um and then so she asked the woman do you do you think he's asleep or miming sleep and she's like how am i supposed to know <laughs> and i just love that like she was like inviting her to interpret it and she was like i don't there's know there's no way i could possibly know that answer <laughs> it's because it's fictional it's a, it's a sculpture it's not doing anything it's not alive yep that's, oh man and then the there was something thing. you said so i was trying to remember another funny thing i overheard and then i remembered at the beginning and i was like all right now I'll remember it and then i forgot it so can you go back to the beginning of the episode and tell me what you were talking about? um charles ray um, uh, i don't remember man because i do have another great thing i overheard at the museum but it's not charles related charles related uh was it about how heavy american gothic is yeah, we're talking about Lollapalooza, Lollapalooza. and uh, rah, 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 damn it, Twin sh- Peaks. Twin Peaks. Um, it was you know it was just stuff people say about art. Um, what what do you remember? What area of the museum they were talking? I think in? I was outside or heading in. Okay. 
and were they tourists coming yeah. to Lollapalooza? No. And they were excited to see the museum. Lion? You you said you wanted to say oh, something Oh, I do want to talk about the lion who was killed. Oh, that? I don't know anything about it. Cecil. I can't even comment Cecil. on it. Cecil. Um, I can't even comment on this lion. Well, uh, I never thought I would say that the town I grew up in Minnesota is the home to the most infamous lion poacher. Oh, God. Um, but this dentist uh, who killed the lion killed the lion. That's the extent to what I know. He about paid fifty thousand dollars to kill a lion, and then he's like, "Well, I thought it was legal." And I'm like, "I don't know." If I think... it was legal, why did you have to pay fifty thousand dollars? Well, it's it's also like, "Fuck you, you're a piece of shit." I don't know. I think big game hunting, whether or not it's legal, or you have the right permit, is. You know, like talk about masculine vile vileness. For sure, for sure. But like, like what does this have to do with art? You're just I'm trying just to... upset about it. Okay, don't get too upset. Don't use this as your soapbox either. Why not? I don't know. I um, guess you could. I mean, I also think it's terrible. I'm not. I'm not defending this. I just... His name is Walter Palmer. And oh, may he rot to, in hell forever. To bring bring it to Twin Peaks. Uh, no, I just, I don't know. I just think it's awful. And I mean, you, the, and I think the reason why I think it's awful is it's like so old fashioned and outdated. It's this really mm-hmm. like talk about capitalism and stuff. I mean, this mm-hmm. is this like weird, like colonialist, like asserting your force over nature and like. For sure. I feel like this is so, it's so bad that like, I feel like there's no reason to comment on it because I'm like really upset knows. about this. It's I not like know. when there's like a mass shooting and I can't deal with it. This, like, it's animals. Yeah. Know. You know, it's awful. It's awful. Um, uh, so you won't, you don't remember what your overheard was in the museum? No, but I'm not going to ever go to a dentist again. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, Please I have do. the second one. It was, uh, uh, this is as I was leaving. Oh, okay. A woman said, let's go to photography so I can take pictures of pictures. <laughs> That's good. That's some good stuff. Yeah, good so I thought that was good going. to end on. That's good. If I remember the other one. You'll, we'll tweet it if we remember I just it. hate that I like was working, trying so hard to remember this other one, and then out of nowhere you said something. I was like, that's what it was. And then I was like, I won't forget it. And then I did. Oh, sorry. Um, Should have taken some notes. Well, next yeah. time we'll uh, Well, I we'll did take notes of the photography one because that was fucking brilliant. It was really funny. That's pretty good. Um, all right. Well, thank you for listening to I Don't Hate This. Charles Ray Sculpture is on view at the Art Institute of Chicago until October 3rd. So you can go see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend going to see it. With just, a loved one. Sure. Um, just because. It, uh, then getting naked and touching uh, someone. <laughs> You know what? I would recommend doing that no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I, I think um, seeing the modern wing with no walls and everything, it's just beautiful. It's just mm-hmm. a beautiful. It will it will be a nice and relaxing afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, no matter whether or not you have a stimulating artistic experience. Um, hashtag no walls. Hashtag no walls. <laughs> um and it will probably never be like that again. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, you know, see it while you have the chance. But don't go this weekend because of Lollapalooza. Or do go because people with a Lollapalooza wristband get $2 off at the Art Institute this oh. weekend. So uh, you can do or, that if you uh, wanted to. Or there'll probably be less people at the museum than in because they'll be at Lollapalooza. No, actually, it's it's uh, the opposite. Really? Um, because there's so many people downtown. So oh, many and tourists they want to cool city. off. Uh, mm-hmm between um exactly 
Mumford and Between Sons. Right, exactly. Um, you can find I Don't Hate This on SoundCloud or iTunes. Don't forget to rev- uh, rate and review us on iTunes. If you like what you hear, tweet about us at I Don't Hate This. Tell a friend. Just, you know. And let us like know art. if you want to rock. Rock. Were we going to give out a rock at some point? Oh, yeah. I forgot we were supposed to give out a rock. So, you guys, we were not joking about that. So, if you are a listener and you want that rock, you know, like, is it the German us. rock or a rock from around uh, here? A rock from outside the recording studio. Okay. Um, do that. We weren't joking. Yeah. I never joke about Art? anything. <laughs> anything. Um, so, rate and review us on iTunes. You can tweet at us or follow our tweets at I Don't Hate This. We just got an Instagram. Uh, our 19 year old intern told me everyone's bigger on Instagram. I asked, who's bigger? You know, is this person bigger on Twitter or Instagram? She said, everyone's bigger on Instagram. So now we have an Instagram. Is this like a I reverse thing of the Greek small penis? Yeah, everyone's bigger on Instagram. Um, and our Instagram's really good. I Once you go it. Instagram, you never go back to Graham. It's true. It's true. Um, and, uh, what other platforms? We have Facebook. What other problems like do we have? On, you can like us on Facebook. I don't hate this pod. You can find our Tumblr, which we haven't updated, but we promise we will update sometime soon. I promise. I make no promises. I promise. <laughs> I don't hate this. Dot tum, I don't hate this pod. Dot Tumblr.com. Sure. Um, and you can email us. I don't hate this at gmail.com with your fan mail and we will read it on the air. Yeah. If you send us some fan mail. Yeah. We'll, we'll and uh hey everybody there's a dog in the studio there's a dog in the studio as per usual which is luigi luigi he's he's the second imaginary dog because i don't know if there's a whole lot of evidence that he's here or not (laughs) you guys will just have to believe us Mm -hmm. thanks for listening bye ciao